0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Living on Blockchain. Today we are speaking to Cyber Shakti. Cyber Shakti, an NFT artist, and now she is also the founder of Lens Post. She's had quite a journey, being one of you know one of the early NFT artists, even before the Beeple frenzy in March 21. So she's been around since uh, you know 2020, and she's actually the only Indian artist who has been sold as shotlies as well. This was a very interesting conversation just from the creator perspective, how the creative economy is changing the way web uh, people perceive Web3 and the way we perceive Web3 and how she kind of imagines uh, the way forward for Lenspost as well as for her own journey. So a very interesting conversation and all of you NFT buffs and NFT artists, uh, really, I would I, I cannot recommend this enough. Very insightful as well. Hi Shakti, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Sarusha, Thank you for having me over. I'm doing amazing.
0: Awesome. So for our uh, listeners, can you tell us a little about yourself, your background, how you got into the Web3 space?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of people just know me as I was Shakti in the space and, you know, I've been like into... Uh, web 3 since 2020 and uh, i started out as an nft artist in this space and when i started out there were like very few people from india actually doing this and you know nfts were not mainstream mainstream because you know we all know the nft boom happened in march 21 after the people sale right but i was like sort of you know in the ecosystem and present and you know uh, making friends and connections and finding collectors all over the place so uh, you know I've been like pretty early and I've seen the space evolve into what it's becoming you know not my first bear as they say.
0: Awesome brilliant so you know you've been around for a while as an NFT artist and um, initially obviously a lot of people didn't really take uh, NFTs very seriously uh, right and I think even I was Uh, a bit skeptical about the NFT craze in the beginning and obviously you know I kept saying that there might be more use cases that will come out and and they have Mm -hmm. but but, uh, you know tell me a little about your journey specifically as an NFT artist how did you uh, you know decide that okay this is what you want to do and uh, what has kept you going even with so many naysayers around
1: Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I would like to uh, answer this not as an NFT artist, but as somebody who has been in the space and observing the space. Right. So uh, honestly, like even in the beginning, you know, when uh, March 21 happened, and a lot of journalists were sort of, you know, uh, reaching out to me for my comments, because as I mentioned, there were not many Indians doing this at the time, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah,
1: so the, the, the problem that I found with the questions that they were asking me, you know, you can you you know the intent of people from the questions that they ask you, right. and like, and and nobody wanted to know my journey as an artist, about the technology, about why I chose to, you know, be in NFTs and put out my work in NFTs. They just wanted to know how much money did you make, how much money yeah. can,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, how much money can be potentially made, yeah.
1: You know, those were the only questions, and that time I backed off. I said, you know, this is like. Uh, you know i do not want to propagate nfts as a speculative asset as such right, right? but then yeah, that yeah. is the that is the way most of the market did go eventually unfortunately and uh, you know, when the when the market started dipping, you saw all these people and brands and, you know, no code solution founders sort of disappear and pivot to like AI and other stuff. Right. Hmm, uh, yeah. It's only the people who sort of, you know, understood that NFT is an instrument, it's a technology uh, right. of, you know, it's a store of value on chain, which is very unique in nature. Uh, you know, and even uh, the way that we know NFTs has evolved so much, right? In the three years, like, Pele, we knew that okay, NFTs are non-fungible tokens. They sit mm. inside your wallet. But yeah. now, over the three years, three years is like a lifetime in NFTs, right? We've seen so mm. much pivot happen that NFT, as we know it, is no longer the same. Like absolutely. Now, NFT has, like, new standards come in, like ERC-6551. So, earlier we used to say NFTs sit inside a wallet. Uh, now, NFTs have become a wallet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's yeah, been quite an arc, arc. Yeah.
1: You know, so so it's, it's changing. And uh, I think only if you, uh, you know, patiently just work with the technology and not just look at it from a capitalist perspective, what can I get out of it, uh, you know, You might do okay, but I think long-term is for people who make the most of this technology.
0: Right. Absolutely. I think that is the same for, you know, just decentralized space in general. I I do truly believe that, uh, you know, a lot of people obviously came in because of the speculation aspect and how they could perhaps make a quick buck, right? And uh, the people who have actually stayed and kept building are the ones who are infatuated with the technology on some level because they do truly understand the kind of ramifications this technology can bear for uh, you know, the population at large, if we are uh, able to do right and give the user uh, use cases with which they can use in their day-to-day life.
1: Yeah, really. I think we'll be there when, you know, say, five, six years down the line, our moms go to, say, like a Reliance Smart and, you know, uh, exchange a collectible token for exchange of sugar.
0: Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I think that would be wonderful, right? This is uh, This
0: is, it's just... Stuff like this, just hearing it makes me happy. You <laughs> know, I get just uh, just imagining that okay, decentralized security will become such a huge part of day-to-day life, and that is what I think all of us aspire. You know, for for the technology at least, that is that is our aspiration, and for us as well, that whatever we are creating becomes like a very inherent part of everyday use cases for the users.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, ho- hopefully, like more founders like us bring innovations that make it more accessible, less scary, uh, more abstracted. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I, I totally uh, believe that, you know, the, the way we kind of use this technology to make the life of people easier is what is going to really stick. And those are the platforms that are going to see tremendous success.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, in fact, that is why, uh, you know, lately, like since 23, so I'll tell you, 23 has been such an interesting year. I hmm. saw like, some very good, uh, uh, you know, some very good validations and like, uh, uh, you know, like I, I actually went to Sotheby's this year, like my NFT got auctioned at Sotheby's this year and like as an artist, this was a very rewarding year, but interesting. Yes. I've also become a founder. The time that I've spent on making art has been cut down immensely. Hmm. I've been doing more and more founder things because I feel like as an artist, I can leave my voice behind. But as technology that I'm building, I can help 100 more cyber shaktis come out.
0: Absolutely, I think that is wonderfully put. You know, um, uh, congratulations on on the kind of success that you you have seen, and you know uh, what makes me immensely happy, obviously, that you know you you are from the subcontinent and uh, you have really made a mark in uh, this space. So congratulations on all the good work. But I would like to again take a step back a little bit because uh, we we talk to founders with the sole intent of. You know, inspiring somebody else who's, who's perhaps listening to this conversation. You started off, uh, you know, you became a glitch artist and a visual art OG. You, you, you what kind of tra- made you transition into the world of NFTs? And uh, then once you answer that, I'll, I'll ask you a lot more about uh, Lens Post and you know the creator tools sure. that you're working on.
1: Sure. So you know, interestingly, I was working uh, in media, so hmm. I've in network 18 extensively i've worked in times network and any any mainstream media uh company that you know in india i've probably worked for them so okay. i've been advertising media digital marketing um you know just just made my way across the ranks so the last uh corporate job that i have i was senior manager marketing at times network and uh uh you know like well this uh, need of having a corporate career because of certain responsibilities and stuff Mm -hmm. I could never really prioritize my art you know and Mm -hmm. uh, I was making art in whatever time I had like I couldn't pursue photography because photography is an expensive hobby and at the same time you also need to invest a lot of time in you know uh, visiting places and arranging photo shoots so because that part of my life had come to a pause I was just working in my corporate job. So whatever spare time I had, say from Chembur to Lower Parel, if I'm traveling in a cab, in that time, I used to sit and make glitch art with the existing archives that I have. And glitch art is essentially an art form where you're just playing around with the pixel data of existing JPEGs or files and turning them into a brand new piece of art. So that was Mm. the time that I was getting to make my art and it was just a hobby and what happened is I was just putting out all this work on social media like Instagram and Facebook and you know glitch art was so unknown in India at that point in time say 2015 to 2019 nobody knew of glitch art it was just me and this underground circle of artists from across the world collecting on a Facebook group okay right <laughs> and uh, what happened is uh, my Instagram used to get like two likes, three likes, five likes, at best because I was just putting it out. I was not actively approaching galleries. I was not actively, you know, trying to put my work out there. Mm. Um. Uh, what happened is one of uh, one one very renowned sculptor that I know in my social circle. He started picking up my concepts and ideas and started making a lot of money for himself. Okay. And. Initial reaction was shock. And right. I was outraged, and I was isko, isko, you know, pe, uh, copyright stuff, claim, you know, claim kargungi, file, kar dungi, kuch kar dungi. and then you know my smart lawyer friends told me it's not direct reproduction, so there is no way that you can claim anything at all.
0: No, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, because obviously you made a digital piece of work and they produced a physical sculpture. Right. You know, it is apples and oranges. There is no way you can claim anything on it. And if you, even if you have solid like proof that this guy is getting inspired by your work, you've put out your work in public domain. Right. There's
0: not much that you can do there then.
1: Exactly. And that got me to two thought processes in my head. One is that, you know, the provenance of your work, what you're putting out is no longer yours to claim. You know, on conventional social media uh, hmm. and two if a renowned sculptor with like 20-25 years of work experience and name in the circuit is picking up my ideas to keep his boat running that means my ideas are very potent that means hmm. my work has value which I myself have not realized Right, and that was such a huge revelation for me I immediately started the you know googling uh you know, how can I how can I become an artist? How can I approach galleries? What can I do? But I didn't find much success because, you know, the gallery scene in India is a little gatekeep. You know, there is a level of elitism. And uh, uh, if I was approaching galleries abroad, I had very, very deep distrust at this point in people working in galleries. You know, if I give you my file, you can right. use thousands can... of it and I will not see any anything come back to me. And, you know, while I was battling with all these problems and how to how to explore this, this, uh, you know, space as an artist, they say what you seek is seeking you, right? What happened is, what happened is, uh, somebody approached me and asked me to join the discord. They said, we really love your work. And we want to collaborate with you. And that was it, okay? So I joined the Discord server and I see a lot of my old Glitchart friends from my Facebook group in that Discord server and they were talking about NFTs. And mm. I was like, hey, this sounds interesting. And right. when they sat down and explained the technology to me, all the problems that I actually recounted to you, right? Uh, mm. Problem is issue. issue? I don't know how my file is being used. I will right. never NFTs. I don't know how many editions they're going to make. Uh, there is nobody who can, you know, claim like this ownership is mine because it's a digital file. Transfer only who knows who created it, right? So right. all those provenance issues and the fact that there was no gatekeeping in NFTs and, you know, that was my Eureka moment in hmm. say like peak of lockdown in 2020. And right. Uh, as soon as I learned about this, it took me about one one week or so just to figure out KYC and getting crypto in my MetaMask. But after that, there's been no stopping back for me as cyber shakti.
0: Wow, yeah, that's that's wonderful, and you know, this is such an organic way of actually getting into uh, the Web three space uh, as an artist, uh, especially for you. The I I think this would resonate with a lot of uh, you know budding artists as well as people who are. Uh, yeah, trying to yeah, yeah. you know see yeah. whether this NFT space is going to resonate with them so now moving forward you know you you worked on uh you're working on lenspost and host uh, of creator tools right so can you tell us a little about how did you get around to the creation of lenspost and uh, the development of creator tools for web3 socials were there any specific challenges or gaps in the market that you were aiming to you know uh, resolve perhaps or uh, make sure that you know your solution fits right there Uh, that you identified in your journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. See, uh, you know, for me, I understood that, uh, A, I wanted to make something that I could leave behind, you know, as a legacy. I didn't want to sort of just do like a PFT project and leave, you know, with liquidity. Because honestly, people who buy your NFTs are actually retail investors. And maintaining uh, and respecting investor sentiments is a huge task you know, and I I just didn't want to be in the speculation game at all. Hmm. I wanted to provide something tangible in this space. So what happened is I I quit Times of India, I actually started working, uh, you know, as a a Web3 growth marketing consultant to a lot of uh, amazing startups coming out of uh, Web3 India and abroad. And, uh, uh, during this time, you know, while uh, these opportunities were great, these were not fulfilling enough, you know. And uh, I actually joined Lens Protocol in 2022, December, <clears throat> okay? And as soon as I joined, I realized that, hey, Web3 Social is a whole new ball game altogether. Like right. there are new avenues of how brand marketing is going to take place, there is new way how people are going to create content, how we saw provenance with NFTs, see provenance with content and content creators. So uh, I, I actually spotted that opportunity and I realized, hey, there is a Web3 version of Twitter coming up. There's a Web3 version of YouTube. There's a Web3 version of Instagram coming up, but content creation is still happening on Web2 tools, right?
0: Hmm.
1: Like to just, just make a shit post, like a GM shit post with my NFT holding a coffee mug, I need to go through 25 clicks as a user. Right. Right click save as NFT, uh, put it up on Canva, add your cup, add your text, download again, then go to your Web3 social, then upload. You know, so I was like, there has to be a better way of doing things and hmm. there has to be a very native way of doing things that is not just rewarding at the same time it makes you make the most of the assets that you have see what happened right. so many people bought nfts without knowing why they are buying this nft somebody said haan payse dal do achcha return milega karke nfts leke rak diya and now everybody's liquidity is jammed in jpegs the projects hmm. have been rugged, but you still own those right
0: yeah
1: so if you would not actively try to pump up the value of your own assets, nobody's going to come and help you. Mm. You cannot... Yeah, 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 yeah. See, projects have sold you the commercial rights of that assets. You cannot right. just the project to do tie-ups and alliances so that your flow price goes up by like 30%. I'm like a very take charge of your own assets and build your own brand kind of, a, you know, person. So I, I mm. actually... Lens posts so that more and more people can overcome challenges like you know, design karnana yata hai, or you know, there is no web3 native tool to create this. And, right. and uh, that's where lens post happened.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, that that is uh, you know, again, uh, I have to say that this is a very organic way. Like, you know, you saw a problem and you wanted to uh, basically fill in that gap, and that that what led Led you to sort of create and move, make move, make moves on Lensport uh, as well as on other creator tools. So, can you elaborate a little on the one-click, you know, remix capability of Lenspost and how it enables creators to enhance their NFTs with trending art, pop kits, and community part templates? What what is it uh, that makes Lenspost uh, very different uh, from the you know growing ecosystem of NFT tools?
1: It looks very simple, intuitive. It looks like a tool that you use in your everyday life. It's not complicated. There's nothing scary about this tool. So A, onboarding is very simple. Right. B, you sign in with your wallet.
0: Hmm. So it's a simple, basically when we are looking at the screen, it's a simple screen, pretty much looks like a blank uh, PPD page or a Word page and, you know, or or a better example would be like a Canva. Uh, exactly. and then you know you've connected your metamask wallet to log in, and then there are a bunch of uh, templates and uh, you know nfts that you can perhaps include in your artwork in your digital design
1: yeah 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 so these are all the nfts that i own right everything you see in this wallet is in my metamask wallet right now i can simply create content by drag and dropping them on my canvas
0: wow okay and it's it's pretty much very intuitive. And if somebody has used, say, a Canva or like a presentation tool, they will be able to understand how it works. The navigation itself is very similar, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. See, content creation should not be difficult. And, you know, tools uh, that artists use are a little more sophisticated in terms of, you know, like Photoshop is a hard tool. So a regular who has NFTs and they want to pump up the value of their, or they just want to have like a digital presence online as their PFP, right? For them, making content is so difficult. Here we give you ready templates Hmm. where you can, you know, like Canva, just iterate on the template and you're good to go. Content creation should be easy, fast and rewarding. And by rewarding, I mean, we have a community pool. So the templates are actually also uh, something that a creator can add and monetize. Like never has in the history of blockchain or, or content creation has a template creator or a meme template creator ever been rewarded, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, like all our campaigns bank on memes that are organic. But meme creators get nothing out of the deal, right? So here I can actually add my creations to the community pool as a template. And if somebody uses my template, the template creator and I both make money on chain.
0: Wow. I just love how easy this process is and how you guys have kind of broken it up in a way that even if somebody who is perhaps just starting off, they would not feel completely out of place uh, while, you know, uh, trying to present their work and share their work with the world. Yes.
1: So now I'm going to try to share this on socials, Web3 social. See, I picked up something from the community pool in the depth. Uske GM ko karke. Hi, bol now, if I try to monetize this creation, so on the front end, this is like a very simple, fun tool. But on the back end, we have amazing infra developed where the template creators also getting on chain attribution automatically right. without me having to search their wallet, without me having to, you know, do like that 30 pretty sta- straightforward. Days. Like, you know, it's easy to uh,
0: basically start with a monetization bit as well. Uh, because that is something that takes some while, uh, usually for artists to, you know, start with the monetization process. So can you tell me a little more about the community aspect? So I think for any NFT artist to be, uh, you know, really successful and do well, uh, one of the aspects of of that entire journey is is community creation and making sure that you're reaching the right people. How are you uh, guys bridging that gap?
1: So for an artist or a brand, it's very important that they treat their community with a lot of, uh, you know, they make them feel special, right? Like with exclusivity coming in play. So I as a creator or you as a creator want to give special perks and rights to your community. So here we actually enable people to do token gated drops as well. So me as an artist, I can... I can token gate this creation and only collectors of my assets can actually use my templates. Now this is, we're talking about say meme templates, but what if it's an exclusive piece of avant-garde art, right? Hmm. Um, This is art that I've collected from somebody. So for me to be able to access this as a collector and for me to be able to Add my special touch to it because as a collector, we see value in certain art pieces, right? And till Absolutely. now, the way we know NFT art is you either speculate on it, you hold, hoping that it'll go up or you trade it off. There right. are only two or three ways that collectors can enjoy the art that they've collected, right? We've unlocked a whole new dimension where collector can now interact with the art and, you know, make derivatives easily.
0: Absolutely. This is, this is a fun, easy, quick way to perhaps, uh, you know, get, remix a bunch of art pieces that you might have or you might own and uh, further monetize it. So I, I do have one question. So, you know, because uh, you are giving this remix capability for uh, the end user to be able to utilize the NFTs that they own, as well as some pre-made templates that you have. Does this give rise to any kind of copyright issues?
1: Great question. So um, actually, the thing is, if you voluntarily put it out in the community pool, mm. you are making it available to the public by choice. We don't add okay. your features to the community pool, you choose to add them. Right. And what happens is, when you're sharing your assets with people, you are also getting attributed on-chain. So it is a very aware decision that the user is making that it will be in the public domain. But you're also earning royalties on it.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So anybody can choose to do this. And obviously, once you are
0: choosing to do something like this, then you know, you are eligible for some royalties. And this is an on-chain, uh, you know, transaction that is happening. And that kind of makes sure that uh, yeah. there is there is clarity and transparency for everyone involved.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And even permissionless for right? Like I, right. Uh, we are actually enabling permissionless for labs with fair attribution given on-chain. So, if anybody is trying to monetize anything that you've created, you will get a percentage of it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, I think this is a a wonderful opportunity, right, for uh, NFT artists uh, to unlock and to be a a part of a community and also to be uh, able to perhaps collaborate with other fellow artists. You know, it's all about building bridges so to say and you, you guys are doing it wonderfully with communities creators tools and opportunities so you know how are these connections really being facilitated like i think uh, i I would love to know a little more about how you guys have been able to build on this community so far because a lot of people struggle with it uh you know just just the building of community aspect and finding the right people
1: see so here and uh, the platform is actually for three different kind of stakeholders. One, so we are not just B2C, we are also B2B. Hmm. So for example, we've already partnered with uh, six, seven different communities and hosted like content creation uh, contests with them. We tied up with Firefly, which is like a Web3 social aggregator. So they Hmm. gave us their their branded assets and the uh, they gave us some background, some stickers, and they asked people to make uh, memes around the concept of making friends and not FOMO. Hmm. And people gave us such wonderful uh, entries. So that was like a fun way in which retail users made some money by participating. Right. But, but our partner also got a fresh market to capture. They got new users. Um, They connected with... Uh, the market that or you know future community that they wouldn't have able to tap otherwise and these are the kind of creations that actually people put out so it's a very organic way of you know connecting communities with new users and also rewarding their existing users
0: yeah this seems like uh absolutely like the, the feedback is uh, pretty obvious and you know you, you are able to get multiple stakeholders uh, more involved in this process but again to the question about starting off and getting like building a community is a little like a chicken and an egg problem that uh, you know you might have uh, all of these wonderful artists who are putting out their work out there but you know you might not be able to get uh, the b2c or the b2b users and you know invested in the platform or interested And how how did you guys perhaps start building on that? Is there a secret sauce there? Did you guys do any offline events? Are you investing heavily in educational content? How are you guys going about doing this?
1: So it's a combination. There is actually, you know, the secret sauce is that the recipe is custom made to you. Mm. So obviously, there are some uh, existing communities that we leveraged. Uh, like we are a big part of uh, the little nouns ecosystem. Little nouns is a subda of the main nouns. So obviously, we sort of you know uh, did some growth hack there. We participated in their uh, marketing challenge and we showed them how good the tool can be for prolific you know proliferation of your brand. Like we are propagating your content very easily because nouns is CC zero, so there is literally like no uh what do you say uh barrier to using their assets right so they had a market found out and we showed them the kind of organic growth led by content that's possible and we won the top votes so obviously we captured that market so we got some new creators from the nouns ecosystem getting curious about this dap and now they do regular drops with us
0: wow okay yeah, so I think so, it's always about basically finding that one niche or one community where you can shine and that can create a bit yeah. of a network effect, right?
1: Correct, 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 correct. And through this, we got in touch with a lot more communities, some gaming companies reached out. So we did some contests for that gaming community, the creators from that gaming community, you know, who came just for the contest, uh, you know, we funneled them into using this uh, con- this content creation tool for their personal branding, So, you know, people come via contest, but then they realize the value that they can extract from this dApp, you know, is is very easy to understand. So they stick around. So the winner of the gaming uh, background skin creation contest that we hosted, that lady sort of brands herself as the mermaid of the blockchain. And now she's putting out content as the mermaid oracle. And every day she uses our tool to make one content piece
0: uh, that she can post out. Wow. Okay. This is wonderful. I think in this day and age, there is always something, uh, you know, one can really find their community, eh? at least in the virtual world. And uh, they can really uh, figure out a way to perhaps monetize their niche or their strength. And that is what is wonderful about uh, the way uh, tech is growing at this moment. In your view, why do you see decentralized social networks taking the lead over other areas such as say the metaverse how do you envision the role of nfts in shaping uh, say the future of social interactions on the internet like you gave us a good example in the beginning where we were talking about uh, some real life use but how do you think uh, you know nft use is going to change the way users interact virtually
1: so amazing amazing question like again uh, you know we covered ground that the way we know is nfts are evolving Like NFTs started out as speculative assets, but now NFTs are actually, you know, they can also be used to track who followed whom, when on the blockchain. So, uh, you know, largely as I predict, you know, uh, NFTs are going to play a huge role in content creation, uh, brand marketing, etc, etc. And Web3 Social is a proof of that. So, um, you know, the key difference between Web2Social and Web3Social, you know, people say data privacy and all that. That's nahi hai. Users don't care about data privacy. We still yeah. use AI and we share our deepest secrets with AI and stuff like that, right? We still post yeah, yeah. Instagram and we share our content. That's nahi hai. People are not really that concerned about data security. Okay, what people want is a connection.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. And
1: And what NFTs do is they make these connections more tangible. They make it more real. They bring all these social graphs and you know uh, everything on chain. So okay to break it down even further see we all use Twitter and Hmm. Twitter is highly centralized. So what it means is Elon Musk one fine day can decide that you know what you put out is not fitting into his community standards and he can block you from Twitter. So all the that you accumulated all the followers that you have your 1 million followers that you've grown over 10 years on twitter they can go away in one second and that's happened to me cyber shakti account was banned by twitter right i lost all my followers and in this trustless space your social presence is the one point of trust that you know your stakeholders have right
0: they right. okay
1: this creator is on social and you know people follow them and people I know follow them and you know that's your credibility and and centralized platforms can take them away secondly my followers on YouTube and my followers on Instagram are not the same I need to have like a different content strategy everywhere and you know my followers I need to funnel them from one platform to the other everywhere thirdly what happens is uh who is making money on web 2 socials tell me who's making money how money flows is brands sort of you know sponsor uh, they they want to do like these sponsored uh, branding exercises where right. they they approach a platform platform uh, you know you get like these influencers who are putting out impressions and then there are end consumers who are engaging with the content hmm. but then the users who are actually spending time engaging with your content, you know, uh, commenting on the content that the, your paid post is putting out, these users are not getting anything of it. Influencers making some money, platform is making a little more money, but that is the end of it, right? Of right. how we digital marketing. Um, Everything changes in Web3 social just by the simple technology of an NFT. Now, right. uh, like, let me explain what happens is um users are actually incentivized on chain for amplifying my content. So uh, you as a follower see my content on hmm. say a social platform, say on lens protocol, because I know that ye contracts pe live hai. Um what what happens is, if you retweet my post, that means you're amplifying my content. And if somebody hmm. sort of uh, engages with my content via your repost, if they collect, if they end up buying or collecting anything, you get an on-chain share. Okay. Yeah. So it's just affiliate, but put on chain. Right. And even just for and and even if nobody buys it, I can still incentivize you for amplifying it. Because the smart contracts are designed in a certain way. But as I said, on the front end, it's very simple. You're just retweeting. If you follow me on a Web3 social platform, you're just clicking a follow button. You do not have to do anything scary. What happens is back and pay, follower, NFT here that gets dropped into your wallet, which if right. you go to OpenC, you will find in hidden corner somewhere in the hidden files. It's not even on your like main wallet. It's not spamming your anything. But Mm. that airdrop NFT actually serves as a proof on chain that you followed me on certain day. And what happens is in future... I will know who followed me exactly when because every token ID is different. So in future, if I get to like, say, 10 million users and I want to reward my earliest backers, I will know who were my earliest backers and I can reward them appropriately.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. That is the beauty of, you know, all these all of these on-chain transactions and uh, basically, yes, creating perhaps a social yeah. network and social interaction community. Uh, in the decentralized space because you know the the proof is there and it is decentralized in nature so it's not like it can be tampered with and uh, that that itself I think should be a big factor in why people should look more and more at uh, building solutions in the decentralized space so you know as someone who has been a, an evangelist of the space and delivered you know you've delivered keynotes on NFTs in the metaverse what is the kind of key inside or message you often find resonating with your audience quite a bit and How do you go about educating, you know, uh, people about Web3 or NFTs in general? Because even now we are far cry away from mass adoption and people really understanding uh, this space.
1: So again, it goes back to a breaking it down in simple to understand, uh, you know, um, anecdotes, simple things. People understand simple things. Nobody wants to get into the heavy lifting part, right? So mm. one is keep my conversation simple. Um, we, when I'm educating people, I, I obviously, you know, emphasize that they understand what the technology, Uh, it's like, it's like whatever technology you're given, it's like your creative tool, right? Like for a cricketer, you know, it's it's like ha- having a great bat, right? But mm. you have to, you are the magic. We always have to remember that. Technology is just, it's just a tool. The way for a cricketer, a bat is a tool. For an artist, a brush is a tool. This technology as a creator is a tool. You are the no. magic. Yeah. NFTs You know, NFTs are not like Aladdin Ka Chirag, where you mint an NFT and then suddenly you are a millionaire. Well, that also happens. It's Web3, anything can happen. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, ultimately, it's how you add value into the ecosystem or how you extract the value from the ecosystem. So you need to be able to understand the technology fully so that you can make the most of the opportunities that it will bring you.
0: Absolutely. I think it's all about what is the value that you know, you're know you adding into perhaps the potential users or the potential audience's life in some way that is going to be uh the game-changing aspect of this entire journey i think and yeah. that is also going to define what is going to stick with the end user so as again somebody who's transitioned you know from and if, you know, not transitioned but you know you you've donned a lot of hats and now as a founder's hat that you know you are donning can you tell us a little about the challenges um that you've faced so far uh in your journey
1: So honestly, because I I have worked with some amazing founders in this space, and they've given me the opportunity to understand, uh, you know, the challenges that come with sort of, you know, starting a a business in Web3, especially in Hmm. the depth of bear market. So luckily, you know, my work with other founders had me prepared mentally of what to expect. And uh, I think, again, the whole thing is about, alignment so obviously you know the resources that you have um in terms of the people that you hire you know just just the the fact is that i i have managed to you know find people that are amazing at what they do and they're very passionate about what they do and as a founder i have tried to not make the mistakes that my past employers would have perhaps made at some point that is yeah. you know my developers cannot grow if they're only working for me. So, encourage their passions. Encourage them to be in more ecosystems than mine because that's mm-hmm. how they can add more value to my product as well. Hmm. So, we oh. have a... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, like That's, my, that's a very really refreshing uh, view. Uh,
0: like, usually people are very... Uh, you know, they, they don't want to perhaps have uh, their team members be a part of uh, several ecosystems in a full-time manner perhaps May- maybe what you are you know you're encouraging more growth and learning right and I think that is that is great because uh, that is something that does help in because an individual's growth ultimately contributes to the company's growth.
1: yeah they feel happy here they feel working you know happy working for me would you imagine these guys started out as interns now they're like my lead devs and you know I proudly like show them off in demo days as like you know ye log- and uh, I think ensuring that I've nurtured my resources well uh, is what makes me very happy as a founder and you know that eliminated all my challenges of retaining talent of getting the right people to do the job because they are so happy here they only bring other people to join
0: Right, right. Again, the network effect kicks in, right? If somebody is Correct. happy, then they would obviously like uh, you know want to get other people involved as well. Wonderful,
1: Correct. you know. Correct. This, this and, is
0: uh, this beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they and they and they you know they they sort of joined me knowing that I was a figure in the space, you know, who sort of is always innovating. So that trust factor also played in a, you know a key role here because they new kisa jare hai, and to me, because see, I'm not like a like a, a non in the space, right?
0: Hmm.
1: Like I am Cyber Shakti, and I Shakti kuch karri, so much ke nare hogi. Right. Because to me, my credibility is everything in the space, right?
0: Right,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I had more to lose in that
0: sense. <laughs> right. So you know, obviously that that kind of is there, and uh, you know that can be can be a driving factor for you to uh, really take on the bigger challenges and move forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's good that we push each other, and you know, seeing their passion also keeps me, you know, confident that I'm going in the right direction, and you know, this is how I want to continue, uh, going as well. So uh, you know, just been happy. Go lucky, I guess. Uh, you know, and we we do work hard. So like every day, these like two hours we connect with each other, jam with each other. Uh, you know, set goals together. We ideate on where we want to go from here. We we yeah. already done done and delivered the MVP, and we have a working product. It's an alpha. It's getting closer to beta launch right now. So. You know, where do we want to go from here? Do we want to focus on the infrastructure? Do we want to focus on the creative tooling? Do we want to add a social layer to this? You know, like I, I have a team member who was very passionate about doing in the social space, right? And uh, I was like, Bahar kyu jana hai. Bahar usne koshish ki ek do baar. He didn't get a good response. Discourage ho gaya. I said, patience, patience, patience. We are already multi chain. We are present on Solana. We are present on like, EVMs all EVMs optimism base Zora so we already like integrated into Farcaster into Lens I was like hey like we ourselves our product us itself is like a social hub right so how difficult is it for us to add a social layer to this and you know you know so it's like we grow together and uh, you know whatever that we're doing is like it's thought through like we experience these new products and chains and then we identify that okay this is where we see a lack and maybe this is how we can add value back to the product
0: right absolutely No, it's basically like a organism in itself and now wherever you are seeing that there is a gap you are trying to plug it in and obviously with the amazing team uh you know one can really move oh. mountains so what is like a next big milestone for you guys
1: Um, So for us, the big next milestone is going to be opening up for beta. So currently, like uh, we are in closed alpha and Hmm. uh, we have about 30,000 clicks uh, on the tool. We have around, say, 300 users who are recurrent, who are coming again and again and, you know, making different stuff. And we've already done like seven, eight partnered campaigns. So I think the big thing will be to, you know, just open it up for more and more people.
0: And when do you expect to uh, do that? So around End. All right, awesome. So looking forward to that. I think a lot of people would want to uh, check out the tool and be a part of this movement as well. So, um, you know, Shakti, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you and I completely lost track of time. I would love to understand uh, from uh, you, uh, like if, if somebody wants to perhaps uh, sign up and be on a part of one of the first... Um, beta testers for your platform uh, how can they go about doing that should they get in touch with you
1: Um. so people can either follow me or Lenspost on Twitter Lenspost right. is Lenspost XYZ we have a sign up link on the form you can sign up and we'll be in touch with you
0: Awesome. So that's, that's one straightforward way guys to, uh, you know, get in touch with Shakti and what they're building with Lens Lenspost. So Shakti, once again, thank you so much for have, you know, making the time to speak to me, speak to our listeners. And uh, now I would like to ask you the last question, which is something I ask everybody who comes on the show. You've been on the other side, you were an artist, you were in the Web2 space, and now you're in the Web3 space. Uh, what would be your top two suggestions for people to start living on blockchain? Uh, perhaps, you know, want to be NFT artists or people who are uh, hoping to build in this space.
1: Don't overthink, don't overplan. What I've learned is Web3 is wild, wild west. Anything can happen.
0: Yeah, I think that is that is good advice. That's short, sweet and absolutely correct, I think. Uh, It (laughs) is the wild, wild west out there, wild, wild west tech frontier and, you know, you should just go for it, do it, don't overthink Uh, because uh, there is so much... uh, you know decision paralysis uh, that comes into play and uh, that that's not really taking you anywhere you might as well make a move and see uh, what you can perhaps achieve yeah
1: yeah yeah you know see anything can happen right like a marketing right. manager you know who was a hobby artist suddenly is representing india and in, in Sotheby's, you know is suddenly a tech founder
0: right right absolutely anything can happen and uh, you know if you really have uh, a clear Clarity of thought and where you want to perhaps reach. You know, just go ahead and do it. Don't be afraid of failing. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking out the time, Shakti. This has been a lovely conversation. Uh, any last thoughts before we wrap this up?
1: Uh, no, no, no. I, I do want to connect with you offline and learn more about DAPs.
0: Absolutely. Well, for that, we can have like a separate conversation. But thank you once again uh, for <laughs> making the time to speak to me
1: yes you know okay okay maybe i can add like a quick line see uh you know i i became cyber shakti because i kept confidence in myself it's not because i'm special you know i am am, if i can do this anybody can do this
0: i think it is just about going and putting yourself out there and going ahead and um, you know doing what you want to do I think that is that is what kind of makes all the difference there are people who will think about doing something and there are people who will go out and do those things
1: just do this and don't stick to echo chambers if you you know if everybody's agreeing with you that means you're in the wrong room so go out there be an explorer make mistakes that's how right. I could put myself and you know keep ahead uh, that's the only secret sauce that I'd like to share
0: yeah i think that's a good secret sauce and a good way to close on the show uh thank you so much for uh, once again for making the time to speak to me